0: Welcome to the Cherry Hills Sermon Podcast. The following message is part of a sermon series called The Blessing. Together we're learning the importance of giving the gift of unconditional love and acceptance. Thanks for joining us today. Well, good morning. My name is Scott Strzok and I'm one of the elders here at Cherry Hills and uh, husband of Michelle. And uh, this morning it's our great privilege and honor to introduce uh, Pastor Gary Nelson. Uh, as many of you know, Pastor Gary was the senior pastor here at Cherry Hills from 1982 until 1998 our family came to Cherry Hills in 1994, at that time we felt like God was calling us to come to Cherry Hills, but at the same time we were kind of hesitant about making the move, and so uh, we kind of tried to check out the church without anybody knowing. We'd come to the services a little late and uh, slip into the back row, and then we'd slip out during the closing prayer, Uh, but when we finally did decide to come to Cherry Hills, we called Pastor Gary and asked to meet with him because we had some questions, and um, from that first meeting with Pastor Gary, he was so kind and loving and welcoming to our family and from that very first meeting pastor gary helped really helped us to feel at home at cherry hills and uh, we learned so much as we sat under his biblical preaching every week and he also set an example of what it what it looks like to be open and authentic and through the years at cherry hills his time here he's really laid a foundation for everything that cherry hills has become today So we are so excited as Pastor Gary is going to come to speak to us this morning as we begin a new series called The Blessing. So I invite everyone to stand and would you greet those around you as Pastor Gary comes to speak to us? It's real interesting because last Sunday was Youth Sunday. (laughs) I don't know whether they thought through this whole thing, but I guess you'd have to call this Elderly Sunday. (laughs) I hate that word. Anybody else here? Elders, that's a good word, but elderly, oh boy. I was also going to tell you that um, uh, I'm making a comeback, but then I remembered what somebody said that it's hard to make a comeback when you haven't been anywhere. (laughs) So let's just jump right into the message today, and uh, I would really like to ask every one of you a very personal question. That question you can find in your notes if you're one of those who follows along. But did you receive the blessing from your parents? Did you receive the blessing from your parents? In other words, did you know that they really loved you for who you were? Did they believe in you? Were they proud of you? Did you feel that? You know, I want to tell you a couple of two stories. The story about Brian, whose father was a career Marine uh, officer and the greatest wish that he had for his life that Brian would follow in his footsteps. And so from the earliest age on, he began to try to instill in Brian this uh, toughness and discipline and there wasn't really any place for love and tenderness or uh, kindness, this kind of a thing. It was going to be tough and everything else. And, Uh, Brian did enlist in the Marine Corps, and it was the happiest day of his father's life. It didn't last long because he was discharged for being incorrigible. His father refused to speak to him. They had no interaction for several years. Brian himself worked at jobs far below his capabilities. He got engaged to be married three times. Three times he broke it off. He couldn't believe that somebody really loved him. And then one night he got a call from his mom, and she said, your dad's had a massive heart attack and we don't expect he's gonna make it. Well, he caught the first plane out, and as he flew toward that hospital, he was dreaming of being able to sit there by the bed and his father say, well, I, I really love you, son. I've really been proud of you. When he got there, his father was unconscious and four hours later died without regaining consciousness. The sobbing of Brian could be heard literally all the way down the hospital corridor. Well, Nancy, it's a different story. She was raised in a very affluent suburb. Her mother focused her whole life around the club. And she began taking her two daughters to the club, preening them for the day that they would enter into this really important part of life, her life. But Nancy was, uh, shall we say, big-boned, awkward, clumsy, tomboy, and overweight. And uh, her mother put her on a very, very strict diet But uh, when it didn't seem to do a lot of good, she stopped taking Nancy to the club. And she said to her, she said, you don't want to be embarrassed around those other children by the way you look. Well, Nancy got married to a guy who really loved her, who was committed to her. But she always felt this insecurity, this defensiveness. They had two daughters. And guess what? One was petite and beautiful like her older sister, and one was like herself. And guess who her mother liked, who her mother favored, the petite, beautiful one. And Nancy found herself just exploding with anger at this petite, beautiful daughter of hers, knowing that it was not her fault, but she couldn't seem to help herself. She quit going to Bible study, She quit calling her Christian friends. She stopped praying. She was angry at God because he hadn't healed her past and he hadn't healed her present. Brian and Nancy's stories are totally different and yet they share something in common. And that was that neither one received the blessing from their parents that they wanted and needed so badly. And what happened to it is is it's kind of like they were chained to home. They, they really couldn't leave. They couldn't go out into the world and, and accomplish what God had meant them to accomplish. They couldn't be free. They ached. They didn't understand. And so many things that were going on. If you're following along in the notes, not receiving the blessing can affect us in harmful ways. Not receiving the blessing can affect us in harmful ways. For example, some people who don't receive their blessing become workaholics, trying so hard to gain that praise, to gain that uh, compliments of something, saying, we're proud of you. Others go completely to the other extreme. What's the use? There's no use trying. They'll never change. They'll never be proud of me. Some sink into chronic depression. Some even try suicide. And a lot like Nancy, become angry with God. You know the hunger is as old as all mankind, in fact, if you remember back in Genesis where Isaac had twin sons by the name of Esau and Jacob, you remember that story and as Isaac was getting older, he wanted to give the blessing which normally was given first to the older son to the elder son, and he had Esau go out and and catch some wild game and fix it the way he knew his father liked and then bring it in, and then he would give him the blessing. Well, Jacob and Esau's mother overheard this conversation. And you remember what happened? She wanted Jacob to get this blessing. And so they tricked Isaac. And Jacob pretended to be Esau. And even though he was a little suspicious, this wasn't something was wrong here, he went ahead and he gave the blessing to Jacob. And shortly after he'd given the blessing to Jacob, what happens? Esau comes back. He's got the food prepared. He said, I'm ready to receive the blessing, Dad. He said, what? Well, he said, I just gave the blessing. Well, if you want to read the gray box together with me, that's in your notes. When Esau heard his father's words... He burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. Loud and bitter cry. Bless me, me too, my father. Pray with me, would you? Father, I am so grateful because you know us so perfectly. You know us better than we know ourselves. You know us in a way that we don't even understand about ourselves. And Lord, I know that you feel the pain of all those who've not received that blessing, who've longed for it, who've ached for it. And Lord, I want to pray that you would do something beginning today that only you can do, and that would be to minister the hearts of those people, but not only to them, but also to the parents, every parent, that every one of us who are parents might recognize just how important it is that we give that blessing to our children. Oh, Father, I just place this all in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're following along in the notes, Esau's cry is an unfulfilled longing echoed by many today. Esau's cry is an unfulfilled longing echoed by many today. I know that because over the years as a pastor, I've talked to them. I've talked to many who've longed and ached and didn't understand what was missing. But I also know because it was my story for a long time. A little later on, I'm going to share that story with you. But I have to ask the question, is this just a case of or selfish whim that, that we want this? And is it kind of an excuse to have a pity party if we haven't received the blessing from our parents? Well, if you're following along in the, in the notes, it's at the heart of the Bible. It's at the heart of the Bible and mentioned over 300 times in this sense. Wow. Over 300 times. And I'm going to share some of those passages with you in a little bit, but let me just simply share this. Uh, pastor jeff wrote some of that on the back of your bulletin but about 27 years ago i read a book that uh, in fact both janie and i read this book the blessing by gary smalley and john trent and when i read it i said that's it i understand And I wanted to buy hundreds of those books to to give to those who had not received the blessing. I wanted to give it to every parent to make sure that they, they gave the blessing. And about a year later, I took a risk. In 1990, I decided I was going to preach a series of sermons based on that book. I'd never done that before, and I've never done anything like that since. And yet I felt it was so important when I fully came to understand all that this meant. And so I gave an eight-week series on, based on that book. And I know a number of people's lives were changed because of it. Also, in some of the sharing that I did with others, not even of this church, it made a huge difference. Well, a big part, if you're following along in your notes, a big part of the spiritual journey for God's people and his son is found in the blessing. And uh, I want to see all those passages. They just kind of give us an illustration of what God's word says, what the Bible says. And uh, beginning right in Genesis 1, 27 and 28, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then what does it say? God blessed them. Right at the very beginning with Adam and Eve, his first two children, our Heavenly Father gave the blessing. Why would he do that? Because it was part of his plan? Because he knew they needed it? I believe so. If we go on to the next passage, Genesis 12, 1-3, this is about Abraham. And God calling Abraham and it says, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will what? Bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse I will bless those, excuse me, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Which, by the way, we're going to talk about that in the series uh, to come uh, in the weeks ahead. Going over to Genesis 27 4, this is one we've already looked at. Isaac said to Esau, I want to give you my blessing before I die. And then over into Genesis 49, 28, Jacob's name was changed to Israel, and he had 12 sons. And this passage says, all these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is what the Father said to them when he blessed them, giving each the blessing appropriate to him. Wow. Now, jumping over to something even broader and even bigger than that, it's over in Numbers 6, 23 to 27. Aaron is the high priest and his sons are priests and their job is to intercede between God and man Men lifting up their prayers to God God speaking to his people and this is what it says This is really interesting tell Aaron and his sons. This is how you are This is a command to bless the Israelites say to them the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Wow. If you knew that your parents wanted that for you and it came from their heart, whoa. Would that make a difference? And that's how God wants to bless us as well. Let's jump over into the New Testament, okay? Matthew 3, 16 to 17, talking about Jesus here. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son. Whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? And I guess we would expect that. But the whole trinity is involved in this. The Holy Spirit comes down and lights on Jesus. The Heavenly Father speaks from heaven and gives this blessing. You know what it reminds me of is that when... I listened to Pastor Steve share his spiritual journey because they come into the newcomer's class, which everybody ought to do, by the way, uh, which Janie and I and Mike and Kristen host. But anyway, when he shares his spiritual journey with the class, he always tells about how after he had made his decision for Christ, his father had the privilege of baptizing him. And when when Steve came up out of the water, he found himself in this huge bear hug of his father. Steve has never forgotten that. Why would you ever want to forget that? What a blessing. Reminded me of how the Father blessed Jesus. Well, you remember too, while the disciples were bringing the little children to uh, Jesus, or how the parents, I should say, were bringing the little children to Jesus, and, and the disciples figured that they weren't important enough to waste Jesus' time. You remember that? Well, in Mark 10... 14 to 16 it says this when Jesus saw this he was indignant he said to them let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these truly I tell you anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it and he took the children in his arms placed his hands on them and what Bless them. Wow. In other words, at an early age, children need to know the blessing. And to continue hearing and knowing that blessing as they grow even into adulthood. I believe that's what this passage is saying to us. And then there's one that is really interesting, and it's going to be talked about in the series to come too, is first Peter three nine. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. To this you were called. Wow. So we're to give that blessing to our parents, to, excuse me, to our children, To our brothers and sisters in Christ, and I could even say to our parents, but also to those outside the church. And you know, I've had some experience doing that, and when you bless somebody who's not a believer, they can't believe it. (laughs) They don't understand it. And I've seen God work in some amazing ways. But anyway, we're going to be looking at all these things in this series to come. But this is one of the exciting things that I discovered I was doing this study, is that, do you know what the Greek word, the New Testament was written in Greek, but do you know what the Greek word for blessing is? It's the word elogia. I really impressed you, didn't I? Elogia. It's the word from which we get the word eulogy. You know what a eulogy is, right? If you go to a funeral, memorial service, and the pastor or, or the family or friends Speak about the loved ones, speak about their friends, speak about him in adoring, wonderful terms of all that they meant to them. And you know what's sad? So many times things are said at the funeral about that person that were never said to them when they were alive. And that's a shame. That's a shame. And we don't need to wait until they're on their deathbed. We need to be sharing those things now. Wow. Elogia is blessing. Wow. Well, let me tell you my story. uh, I'm a little hesitant to tell it to you because it's not nearly as painful as some of those that I've talked to and gotten to know. But... Uh, Perhaps you can identify with it and maybe begin to see um, yourself or your children or something in this story. But I was born and raised on a farm in northwest Iowa. My dad was a real hard-working farmer, believes in hard work. And by the age of seven, I was milking cows every morning, every evening, doing other chores. I was doing the work of a man. And I can remember thinking, even then, How I wish dad would say to me, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. But those words were never to be spoken. Well, it wasn't because he didn't know how to verbalize, because it seemed like when he disciplined me or when he corrected me, he could do that very easily. And I have a picture in my mind to this day. I was playing shortstop for our little league team, and um, I made an error. And I heard my dad yelling from the bleachers. What's wrong with you? Can't you do anything right? Before the inning was over, I made two more errors. I wanted to crawl in a hole. Got to the place that I just wish dad wouldn't even come to the games. Um, And I don't really, really know why, uh, why I focused on my dad. Um, because mom couldn't say the words either. Although one time when she wasn't aware of it, I was just around the corner uh, in another room when she and some other ladies were fixing lunch. We had invited company over, and I heard her bragging about me. I thought, wow, but she never said that to me, ever. Uh, And I didn't understand I wanted it so badly, but I wasn't the only one. My friends, my classmates, many of them were going through the very same thing, and uh, I've looked back and I thought, well, maybe it's because we were Northern European immigrants. Uh, I lived in a Danish community, and north of us were Germans and Swedes, and we went to school together, and it seemed like that if they said anything, uh, good about you, or they bragged about you in some way, it'd go to our heads and we'd become, you know, this big headed, cocky uh, person, which of course nobody wanted that to happen and nobody even came close. Um, but maybe that's what part of the problem was. Well, when I was a freshman in high school, um, it was interesting because our school started a vocational agriculture program. And uh, it, was, it was really kind of neat because that was a two-hour class, not just a one-hour like everything else, but a two-hour class for all four years of my high school uh, classes. And the man that they brought in to teach it didn't understand the culture because he believed in encouragement and praise and uh, Uh, doing all kinds of things to spur you on. And man, when he began to praise me, oh my gosh, I would have jumped off the grain elevator if uh, he'd asked me to. And uh, to reward me, he began to give double A's and double A pluses. And man, I worked all the harder because I loved it. But nothing changed at home. It was still the same. Um, I went off to college And um, in my second year at Iowa State, I had an unbelievably awesome experience with Jesus. Changed my life. And you would think that that took care of any need I had from my parents. But for some reason or another that I didn't understand, I still wanted to have their blessing. I wanted it so badly. And it was there in college that I got to know some people, guys and gals both, who talked about how neat their parents were and how caring they were and how they had been so proud of them. And and I thought, why, why can't I? Why why can't I have that? I want that so badly. Well, about a year later, a little less than a year later, uh, God called me in the ministry. And if it hadn't been so clear, I would never, ever have gone into the ministry. Well, when I told my parents about it, I told them, I said, I, I think I, I don't think farm management is what you need to have to go to seminary. So I think I better change schools and get some pre-seminary courses if I'm gonna go in the ministry. And you know what my dad said? He said, well, what if you don't make it in the ministry? Um, Don't you think you need to have something to fall back on? And I thought to myself, well, he's absolutely right. Whoever would think that I would make it in the ministry? Little old Gary Nelson? No way. So I went back and I got my degree in farm management. Everybody ought to have that who's a pastor. I mean... (laughs) Anyway... Then when I went to seminary, I had to make up all kinds of courses that I hadn't gotten. And, and, uh, but when I was in seminary, uh, I became part-time, and they called it part-time, even though it was 40 hours a week, uh, became a youth pastor. And the church that I was working in, the senior pastor became my mentor, and he was an unbelievably awesome mentor, except for one thing. He believed that if you were going to be an effective pastor, you needed to work 80 hours a week. That's why 40 was part-time. And uh, he was a man who believed in me far more than I believed in myself. And he was a man ready to praise, ready to brag on somebody. And I wanted that. I wanted that so badly. But I began to work 80 hours a week. Well, all three of our kids were born during that time. And if you want to feel sorry for Janie, she deserves it. She really does. I would love to go back and change a lot of those years. But it really kind of set the pattern for my life. It kind of fit with where I was and what my need was. And um, we, uh, after I was serving there, I'm trying to think of what, what was it, five years? Anyway, accepted a call to be the pastor at First Baptist Church in Harlan, Iowa. And uh, one of the first Father's Days, it was the second or third year that we were there, I preached a message on fathers. And after the service was over, a lady came up to me and she said, you resent your father, don't you? And I said, what? What? How'd that slip out? What did I say that made her think that? And I found out later on she had not received the blessing from her parents and she knew where I was coming from. She read me. And I was so embarrassed. You know, pastors aren't supposed to be like that. And yet, when she said it, I knew it was true. I had never put it in words. I did resent my father. Well, sometime after that, Mom came down to visit us for two or three days, and I corrected one of the kids. And by the way, let's throw that picture up. Do you have that one? That's about the time I'm going through this. We're covering it pretty well, aren't we? We look pretty good there. Um, But a short time after uh, this lady had said that, Mom had come to visit, and I corrected. Probably Jeff. Uh, (laughs) Um... Isn't he cute? Um, But I corrected him, and you know what my mom said? She said, you're just like your father. If she'd taken a sword and thrust it to my heart, she couldn't have hurt me anymore. I had said, I will never, ever be like my father. It was that strong. Three or four years go by, and in the meantime, we've moved to Danville, Illinois, and One day, just as clear a picture as you could see, I knew I was becoming more and more and more like my father. And I can remember crying out to God, oh God, I don't want to be this way. God, help me, help me, help me. And it was one of those times when God answered so clearly to the exact words. And you know what he said to me? He said, I know that you don't love your father, but would you be willing to pray that my love would be poured out on him? Would you be willing to pray that my love would be poured out on him? Interesting enough, I had known for years that when my dad was 13 years old, he'd been kicked out of the house told by his father, we're not providing for you any longer. You're on your own. And then not too long before this, mom had told me something that dad had told her. He had said to her, I built an eight-foot-thick concrete wall around my heart so I wouldn't get hurt again. Wow. Eight-foot-thick concrete. And it's rather interesting Because mom had been hurt too. In fact, she went through a lot of pain, a lot of illness. And uh, one of those very, very painful times in her life, as an adult, her mother said to her, we didn't want you in the first place. And all of a sudden, when God told me, would you be willing to pray that my love... I I saw how wounded my parents were. How wounded they were. And I knew this was God's will. And so I began to pray that his love would be poured out on them. Poured out. And I pray this every day. And about three months later, I thought to myself, man, Nelson, you're really getting into this thing because I was praying, God, pour out your love on dad today that chills go up and down his spine. Or pour out your love on him so that he gets goosebumps all over. Oh, and I thought to myself, man. And I began to realize that there was a love growing inside of me for my dad. Wow. Well, I then began to wonder, but has it changed him? What's going on in his life? Well, sometime after that, they came to visit us, drove 500 miles from Northwest Iowa to Danville, Illinois, and spent several days, and I thought, whoa, dad hated to be away from his own bed. And uh, yet here they come, and I'm thinking, hmm, wow, is there something going on here? And I kind of watched, you know, and there were some of subtle changes and everything else, but nothing uh, really clear. And my parents went home, and uh, my mom always wrote every week. And the, letter, the first letter that came, uh, when I opened the envelope, a check fell out. And I thought, what the, what, what is this? And uh, Dad believed that you needed to stand on your own two feet, and, and if they were to step in and help us at some point, then we would never learn. You know, we would we'd never stand on our own two feet. So what's this checkle about? And as if mom's knowing, we were wondering, she said, if you're wondering about the check, very first paragraph, she said, when we were there, dad noticed that the front two tires in your car were really bad, but he knows you don't have the money to buy new ones. He wants you to take this check and go buy two new tires. I think Janie's going to be here in the second service, but she can vouch for me. I sobbed for 20 minutes. Good sob. Because between the prayer I'd been praying and what was happening in my life and Seeing what dad had done I felt I had been blessed that he loved me that he had seen the ministry we had and he was proud of me it was awesome 20 minutes of sobbing for joy it's kind of interesting because um, Every birthday card after that, every Father's Day card after that, I covered the card with reminders of all the things he had done for me that I hadn't seen in his way of saying, I love you. Why hadn't I seen that? I don't know. I guess I was looking for exactly what I wanted to hear. But anyway, 10 years later, after this had happened, um, my folks celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary, and uh, we celebrated with uh, a dinner and a program, and uh, I emceed that program. Um, told some of the old dumb jokes that I knew my dad liked and something like that. And anyway, we went back to their house after it was over, and shortly after we got back, dad went back to the bedroom and laid down. And I don't know why I went back there, but I did. And when I got back to the room, he was laying there with his eyes open. And he turned to me and he said, you did a good job. That's a long time ago and I still can't get by it. And I almost lost it again. You did a good job. Wow. You know what's interesting? That was 1982, June of 1982 if I remember right. And Cherry Hills called me to be their pastor and I came in November. All those years up until then, I had been working 75 hours a week. And at that point when I came and because of what had happened, I made a vow that I was never gonna work more than 55 hours a week from then on. And you know what? I didn't have to any longer. And I kept that vow. And of course, uh, things were just terrible here. I mean, the church more than tripled in size and, you know, (laughs) wow, isn't God good? Well, if you're following along the notes, you can know the blessing even if you didn't receive it as a child. You can know the blessing even if you didn't receive it as a child. But I got one question, it's this. Is it possible that my dad was not able to give the blessing and we know that he did not get the blessing from his father, but because his father had never received the blessing from his father. Is that possible? Well, I thought about that, and over in Exodus 34, a passage that Pastor Steve referred to two, or three weeks ago, where Moses wanted to see God, wanted to see His face, and uh, let me read this. Um, It says, and he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassion. Listen to these words, they're beautiful. The compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. And then he says these strange words. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. What sin? What sin? Could it be that they didn't give the blessing to their children? He's talking about all this forgiveness. Wickedness, rebellion and sin, and yet something's wrong. Wow. Wow. So where are we going in this series? Well, again, if you're following along in the in the notes, God wants us, all of us, to know the blessing so we can give the blessing. So critical. So important. And as we usually have, and the pastor's staff have here, there's a statement that goes with the series that we're having. And that statement is in Christ. God wants each of us to know the blessing so we can give the blessing. And that's what we have to look forward to in the six weeks that lie ahead. And if you're following along in the notes... Or to learn the five elements the Bible mentions involved in the blessing. Those are things that we're going to be learning in these weeks. And I hope that if you did not receive the blessing, that you'll not miss this time. And if you're a parent, that you will want to be here to make sure that you understand the blessing that your children need, no matter what age, no matter what age they might be. I don't know whether you know what the last verses of the Old Testament are but they're really a prophecy about the coming of Jesus and the forerunner of Jesus preparing the way but listen to these words see I'll send you the prophet Elijah before me that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes And listen he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers I will come and strike the land with a curse Wow Wow God's will is that for every single one of us to know that blessing so that we can give that blessing. prayer team we're going to invite to come down as we always do and I know these people they have great compassion And if you would like somebody to pray with you, I know they would love to. But uh, we hope you'll be here for this series that follows in the weeks ahead. May God bless you, and may you have a wonderful, wonderful day and week. God bless you.